Welcome to the next installment of the Magic Beans Cast Evergreen series. Uh, tonight, you've got Chewy with you, or sorry, it may be morning, maybe uh, another time of the day that you listen to this, but it's nighttime when we're recording this, so you've got Chewy. I'm, I'm joined by a couple of other beans. I've got Cracker. G'day, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good, good. And Stu. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Thank you. Tonight, we're going to talk about limited mana. So, uh, I guess... Yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, building your mana base for your, your draft and sealed decks and some really like practical tips and tricks. So Evergreen series based at, you know, aimed at newer players. I'm not going to get into, you know, the, the numbers and, you know, t- tell you to have some sort of, uh, algorithm. I just some really simple practical things you can do to, to get your mana base built. So, uh, so. Exciting for me as a someone who loves limited. So hopefully everyone gets a bit out of this. Obviously these skills are also transferable to the decks you build yourself. So before we get into that, Stu, do you want to tell us about our amazing sponsor? Yep. So as always, a huge shout out to uh, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar for supporting us and everything we do. Uh, we really appreciate what those guys are doing in price support and just yeah, supporting the leagues. It's just we're supporting them. Uh, get check them out on Facebook, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar auctions every week, every day even, and yeah, some a lot of spice on there. Jump in. Excellent. Yeah, they uh, they're amazing, and I uh, find myself just getting into bidding wars. I got outbid by my wife at one point because she's you know likes to troll me. It's good. Um, yeah, I've seen so, that a few times. Yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah, limited mana. So cracker. Mm. What what am I talking about when I say limited in, in the magic context? Sure. So limited refers to draft, um, traditional booster draft, where you have three packs of magic cards and you take one and pass them on. Uh, and also sealed, where you get um, six boosters and sometimes a couple of extra pre-release cards. Uh, and you have a uh, you know, limited amount of cards to work with, hence the title. Uh, and then you build 40 card decks from those um, available cards you have. Yeah, excellent. So... After you've built that deck, uh, you know, you've drafted your deck or you've, uh, you know, built your sealed pool, you've got to be able to cast those spells, right? So you, you need some, you need to put lands in. And sometimes you're lucky enough to get a, you know, a, a, a dual land uh, or of some description or maybe a triome in, in more recent sets uh, that help, you know, fix your mana. But, uh, you know, the majority of the time, you know, your limited mana base is going to be made up of just straight up basic lands, islands, plains, swamps, mountains, and forests. So getting those numbers right to be able to cast your spells if you've got a two or more color deck is uh, is a real skill. And yeah, I, I thought, you know, let's have some just yeah really practical advice for those that are just starting out uh, either playing magic to begin with or playing limited you know dipping your toes into limited is all you know is a bit of a step uh it's a a transition for players to uh get in a step away from just building their you know favorite constructed deck and doing that into you know drafting a deck and building it on the spot including the mana base so it's actually really quite daunting when you first go to a draft or a sealed event at friday night magic at least i found it was yeah, and that's I guess why we're doing this episode, Sue, because it, it it's scary. Uh, if everybody the first time they've ever had to build it on build a mana base on the spot, it's like where do I start, right? And that's that's hopefully the answer, the question that we can answer here. Yeah. So, like, I'll I'll start with what I do with 
building my mana base and like if you guys have got extra info to add or you want to tell me I'm wrong, like chime in. Um, so the first thing I do when I'm drafting, and, and we'll talk about sealed next, but when I'm drafting, I'm always trying to be conscious of my mana base. So the classic thing is, you know, you you open a, a good red card and then you, you take a, um, you know, a couple of blue cards and a couple more red cards. And then you open this amazing green card that's like double green. And, and it's a decision point. This is why drafting is so good. It's like, can my mana base support playing this double green card in my blue red deck? And they're the decisions that you have to make uh, along the way. So you, you need to go, well, maybe I, I shouldn't take this really powerful card because I didn't see any other green, so this is going to be my only green card. So be conscious of your mana base and have a yeah, have that in mind. Drafting on Arena uh, or Magic Online makes it easy. You can see your picks, and depending on the level that you're drafting at. So if it's a new draft in, you know, you're drafting at F and M or, or something in your local game store. In between packs, you can have a look, and it's a you know. Uh, a chance to not only look at what cards you've got, do you want to have enough creatures or have to have enough removal spells, but you can go, well, I've got, you know, out of the, the first pack, I've got three playable blue cards and five playable red cards. So maybe my deck's going to be predominantly red in that instance. So you want to start maybe then prioritizing red cards over blue cards. So you're going to have more consistent mana. You don't always have that 50, 50 split and, an ideal mana base probably doesn't have a 50-50 split of, of your two colors. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. Yep. And it, it also changes your pick order. So like you're talking about, once you're sort of firmly through pack one and into pack two, if you've managed to keep yourself to two colors or relatively close to it, then you can start to look at fixing, right? Cards like Evolving Wilds is a, is a classic that seems to get printed a lot, which, you know, lets you go and get a basic out of your deck, right? Cards like that become really good. And so you don't necessarily want to start taking fixing right at the start with like normal standard draft sets. But as you get further into them, those cards become a high priority in terms of just making sure that everything fits together nicely. Absolutely. And and the next layer for my, and maybe this is a bit advanced for a new drafter, but if if we just use blue and red because they're the best color combination as our example. Correct. Is it though? Is it? I'll yeah. see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I approve of this message. So if you open, so if your deck is predominantly red, as we've established, you've got more red cards and blue cards, and then in pack two you open two comparatively powerful two drops, one in red, one in blue, and if most of your cards in your deck are going to be red then you know that's that's a tick in favor of, of the red card because you're going to have more mountains than islands therefore you're more likely to have that color on turn two so it's a safer pick to to take the the red two drop over the blue two drop obviously if there's power differences between the cards that'll influence the pick but if we're looking at them you know if they're both vanilla two mana two twos and you need two drops um, you'll take the red one over that right so yeah, it's a uh, there's a lot to that, and I guess we've probably I've probably given a lot of information really quickly there, but uh, just be conscious of of that whilst you're whilst you're building your deck, like what what color requirements you have, how many double colored spells that you've got, where they sit on the curve, and again, the best thing to do is to to draft 
uh, electronically, Modo or, or Arena, where you can see those picks and you've got that face up and, and can inform the pick. Uh, it's harder in real life, especially, you know, if you're at a, a, a Grand Prix or a higher level event, it's, you know, you don't have the, the luxury of doing that and it's a real skill, but developing that skill with some practice drafts on Arena is a, is a really good thing. So, yeah. So that, that would be tip number one. Be conscious of that. Um, cracker in sealed. Mm. What do you, what do you do there? What's, where do you start with building your mana base in sealed? I mean, sealed is a whole different ball game in, in so many respects because we don't get to influence our picks. I don't get to slant more heavily red because, you know, I opened a great red rare and, and we can kind of, you know, get that happening. We, we literally have the six packs in front of us. So what I always do is just open them up sort them, you know, pull the rares out of each pack and, and kind of do a quick evaluation on, on power level and then look to see which of my colors deepest, which ones have got, you know, like the most just total number of spells and then look at which ones are good and go from there. And so you you have to understand that in sealed, it's it's typically slower than draft in terms of just the, the speed, the number of turns that you have to play out. And so it is more often that you can look to do things like splashing an extra color. And so you, you can sometimes, and particularly if you get cards that are, you know, like um, the, the gain lands, like um, Dismal Backwater or something like that, you know, it's a blue-black and you gain a life, but it enters tapped. Or Evolving Wilds. Like, if you get Evolving Wilds and Sealed, you're set. Like, that is, like, one of the great cards you can have. I'm always happy to see Evolving Wilds. Terramorphic Expanse is pretty good, too, because it's the same card, different name. Same but card. Yeah. They yeah. don't print it anymore. I actually prefer Terramorphic, but that's because I'm old. <laughs> um, but, yes. yeah. And so it's it's just a matter of looking at raw power level, which is it's important in draft, but it's kind of if I have a bomb that is like one of my two primary colours, then I would look at dirtying up your mana base is one of the things you might hear people talking about where you play, you know, maybe two white cards, two two planes, along with an evolving wilds in your, you know, your is it deck. You don't want to have six planes. You don't want to have like you know, the, the devil's mana base, as it's called, with 666, because that just means you're going to struggle to cast your blue and red spells on the first couple of turns, because you, you draw an opening seven and you've got two planes and a mountain and you've got a double blue card in hand that is, like, the most awkward thing. So you have to evaluate whether the power level of the cards that you have is actually worth the, the risk of making your mana worse. Yeah, it's a risk versus reward thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the things you'll hear people talk about sometimes is it's it's called a splash, right? And you, you say, I'm going to splash this color. Or I'm going to splash this card. And people will talk about card splashing being free. It is never free. Hmm. I, I, I can promise you it is, it is never free. It might look like it, but unless you have a fetch land, shock land, mana base, <laughs> it is not free. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so Stu, you've- uh, you've played a few pre-releases and, and such. Is that a similar approach that, that you take? Or have you picked up some other tips and tricks along the way? Because to, ca- to cast your, uh, your Genesis Ultimatum on curve every time. You're obviously right. really good at so this. Right. I knew this was going to come up. <laughs> because, and I think we spoke about it on the show once before, at the Ikoria pre-release, we'd just come out of lockdown. We met at Polywaffle's place and did a quick pre-release. And yep. naturally, yeah, I pulled a Genesis Ultimatum and it didn't matter what the rest of my deck was going to do. I wanted to play it. 
and trying to sort the mana out for that was was pretty tricky. Like you're running two greens, two blue pips, and then three reds or whichever order it is. Three blue, two red. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just looked at this thing. I'm like, what do I do with that? So I went through my my pile of cards as well. Had an evolving wilds. Had a green blue gangland and a blue red. You know, I had I had all the perfect mana in my draft kit. So must be nice. You know, plus I had um I, f- I forget there's that three card uh, three mana card that you know pull cards out of you know land, grab a land basic land card as well. So I had all this extra mana fixing as well. So in the end. It was actually I just got lucky and was able to put together a deck that, as you say, cast Genesis Ultimatum consistently every game. Yeah. And I guess that comes back to that risk versus reward point, right? There's playing a card like that with, you know, a very specific uh and high mana cost, uh, it can sit in your hand and just basically be a dead card, or it can win you the game. So uh that's part of the deck building evaluation, right? So, so if my if my sealed kit didn't come with all that other mana fixing that was available to me, and and I had no, I didn't have any of that, and it was just going through with basic lands, would that be the right thing to do to actually play that card and try no. and go into the three well, colors? I can tell you because I in that pre-release played Abzan Ultimatum, and that didn't work. Oh yeah, that's right. You never, <laughs> so, you never so cast the, it. So the eerie ultimatum, I think it was, and I just couldn't cast it because yeah. I didn't have the level of fixing. And I knew, I knew that it was a terrible idea, and I knew that my mana couldn't support it. But I did it anyway because the card was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we were playing, you know, pre-release at, at a friend's house, so kind of didn't count. But I knew that like there was just so little chance that I would ever get to cast that. So it's a small sample size there, but you've got on one hand. The luck of the draw, all the mana fixing that you could possibly need, consistent casting of that bomb of a card. And on the other hand, you've got somebody that didn't have that mana fixing, went for it anyway, and paid but didn't get to play it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the, uh, the that risk reward. And the difference there also highlighted between sealed and draft. Like if, if we were yeah. drafting those decks and Cracker opened Eerie Ultimatum and took it, then uh, having, you know, would have prioritized fixing higher. Yeah, I would yep, have so, taken every yep, cultivate absolutely. that came through my hands. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, let's imagine that we've got those those decks drafted or our, our seal pool sorted out and we're like, okay, these are the colours that I've got that I want to play. I think I've got some pretty powerful spells. Um, the next step that I do really is is sort them into colour piles, which Cracker did mention. And, and that straight away, that's like level zero, that's your guide. You know, I've got... Um, you know, I've got 23 playable cards. I've got 14 red cards and nine blue. So I know that I've got, you know, more, I need to put more mountains in my deck than, than islands. Uh, that like level zero, that's pretty obvious, uh, and a, and a good place to start. And, you know, something that, you know, hopefully everybody would, would do. Um, but to take that a step further, I, spend a little bit of time, I actually count out all of the color pips that I have uh, and and do that. So, because that 14-9 split might actually be closer to 50-50 or even further apart uh, in some examples once you actually start looking at your, you know, double, sometimes even triple requirements, you know, in Genesis Ultimatum example. So, as well as covering your gold cards because they're, they're a hard one to evaluate as well. Like if you've got a... Um, a you know goblin electromancer if we keep going down the blue red 
example, you know, it's a it's it's blue and red. So it's like, oh, that'll be easy to cast, but it, that's not always the case. So it's a um, you know, have a, have a look and just do a quick calculation in my head and go if there is a more mountains than than islands, but how many more? And that that is that sort of next step that informs you know your numbers when you when you actually build that. And the the last thing is I then have a look at my curve, and I, I kind of mentioned that in the two drop example above uh, you know, earlier. But the you know if I've got you know, predominantly red cards, but I've got most of my two drops are blue, then I probably want to bring that number back a little bit to make sure I've got blue on turn two to cast my two drops. So these are all things to consider. So it's like that three-step process that I do when I build a mana base. So levels, level zero, level like first step, sort them into their respective color piles. The, the next one is to count up the pips and then to sort by curve and figure out where those cards, those color requirements sit within my curve. And then, you know, experience, intuition, and just like knowing the numbers and even just write the numbers down, right? Um, it's a, you know, write it on your little piece of paper or your little scratch pad thing. You go, I've got this many blue pips, this many red pips. And then you can go, well, what feels right? You know, I'll have a, I'll have a 10, seven or a nine, eight mana base. And, um, you know, you, and you work it out from there. So, <laughs> It's a, a thing that really, you know, should be practiced. And, you know, there's a, uh, a level of experience, but, you know, and it can be daunting, as you mentioned earlier, but uh, the best way to do it is to actually just do it. Um, you can watch other people's draft videos and, and watch them build the mana base. I, I guarantee you, if you looked at YouTube's um, stats, you know, when, you know, you watch somebody uh, draft their deck, that's really exciting. And then you skip the mana base building bit and go straight to the gameplay. I know a lot of people do that. Uh, so pay attention in that and see what their thought processes are. Cause I'm sure they've got, you know, more than what we're telling you. So, yeah. And there's, there's one more level if you want to go like super deep and that is looking at, do I later on in the game, am I going to be able to double spell? And what does that look like in terms of my mana requirements? That's probably like way down further. If you, if you, you know, kind of, Getting right into the that's right into the weeds, but I mean, you might as well like talk about kind of the whole way through and, and absolutely, absolutely. And the more you draft, like, yeah, like going, I want to be able to play, you know, a blue three drop and hold up a counter spell. So I need to make sure that I've got blue later in the game to do that. For example, it is a little bit the galaxy brain sure, stage, sure. But but what <laughs> but, it is, I but, guess, if you've never drafted before, start at level it. one. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, start at level one and then work your way up those those so have that i guess four-tiered approach so yeah what are my uh depth of colors you know which one do i have more of than than another then count your pips then sit on the curve and then then once you've once you're starting to consider double spelling you know you've probably got a good grasp on it right so yeah it's a uh uh, it's a skill and, and something I encourage uh, people to to do because it, it will also help your constructed magic building, deck building as well. So, And one thing that we still all do is show our mates our deck and say, here's what I've got. What do you think? How does my mana look? Like yeah. still at pre-releases, I will get Chewy and Shorty to, to look over my mana base and say, hey, what do you think? Does this look right? Yeah, you, and, won't get, you won't get Stu to have. Well... <laughs> <laughs> 
no, wow. no. I, I, I want you to have a look so, you know, you have a really good example of uh, of what to do. Perfect. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Look yeah, at yeah. my mana base. Yeah, sure. That's that's exactly yep. <clears throat> what we're saying here. Exactly. But, you know, and, and look, learn, ask people, and, and look at what other people are doing. Like, you know, at, at certainly at more like, you know, F&M and more casual events, you can- you know, talk to your opponents in between rounds. Say, hey, can I have a look at your deck? Can I have a look at your curve? And, and see what other people are doing. You learn from experience. You learn yeah. from asking questions. So ask Absolutely. And Magic's I awesome. Mean, people are nice. Slight tangent, but if you ask a Magic player a question, 99% of the Magic players are going to be really happy to share some of their knowledge. Like Magic players just, as a generalization, you know, love being an authority on something so but we, we just love but we also just love talking about the game that we exactly love, exactly you know, right exactly any right. opportunity so with all that in mind how, how do i put this into practice i i would say the best thing to do would be jump into arena where the the cost is relatively low and so so with and, arena sorry yep. with arena it'll automatically add your mana base based on what you have in your deck correct it will yes. Uh, and its algorithm is sometimes right and it's sometimes very yeah. wrong. It probably so, gets, so what it would probably you suggest it right. there? It probably gets it right the majority of the time, but it's, yeah. Um, I would take a screenshot of okay. what, what it suggests and like pop that over in your snipping tool and then go through these uh, three, maybe four steps that we've suggested and see if your mana base comes out differently uh, because it, it often will. Yep. And and you'll you'll have a it's sometimes one card, two cards different, like lands different. But I think from without knowing the programming of um the you know how Arena actually works out the mana base or Magic Online for that instance, I'm pretty sure it stops at level two. I was about it, to say exactly that. It's yeah. looking at the, the total number of pips and then evaluating on that, but it's certainly not taking like curve consideration into play. Like no. when when do I need to play this? you know, one one in a blue. Like maybe it actually doesn't need to be played until turn six or whatever. Exactly right. So it's – and I'm not sure it does things like, um, you know, additional costs like kicker and things like that. I'm not sure if it takes those into consideration all that much either. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a fine tool just to get you started. Yep. And, you know, so drafting on Arena Online lets you – be conscious of your deck building choices. Well, be conscious of your mana base during deck building, during drafting, because uh, you can see everything that you've picked, and that's great. And then, yeah, take a screenshot of the lands, then get rid of them, and then build your mana base from scratch, and then compare what arena is suggested to what you come up with using those four levels that we've uh, suggested here today. And, yeah, uh, and... Honestly, the the benefits of this, I a you become a better magic player. As I mentioned before, it will impact your deck building uh, in constructed. Be that you know your standard modern commander, whatever it is you might be might be building, and it also you know you get better at magic as a whole, and you feel like you you know you're learning in a different space in the game, and that in itself is rewarding. But I think the most important thing is you have less like non-games, right? Where it's like, oh, I didn't draw that second forest, so I, I, I've just died. But, you know, maybe your deck should have had an extra forest in it. So if you've just, you know, gone, thanks Arena for the lands and I'll, I'll play it. So it's a, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a skill and something that I think, you know, even someone who's been drafting for, you know, 15 years like I have, I'm still learning in this space. You know, I'm far from an expert, but they, you know, for, for a novice who's just getting into drafting, uh, you know, these, this would be the advice that I would give you if you, if, if someone wanted to go to their first, do their first draft or go to their first um, pre-release, this is, this is exactly what I would say to them in the lead up to that event. There's only one thing I want to add to that. If you do lose your first round because you sat there without your second forest, trust the process and realize that variance is a thing in magic and don't go and put three more forests in <laughs> and take out three mountains because I promise you, you will flood on forests and you won't get your mountains or, or whatever it is. So, but believe in, in, you know, the very analytical approach of mathematically, here's what I need when I need it and just know that that is correct most of the time. Absolutely. There will be, there'll always be outliers, but by and large, if you have, be- if your manner is good, you'll have, you'll be, you'll win more games because you'll have more games where you don't lose to your mana base. Um, so, you know, you're in those games, you're, you're competing in a game that you wouldn't ordinarily be competing in because, you know, you've, you know, only drawn forests and no planes or something. So it's a, you know, you, you'll enjoy the game more and, and you'll win more. So yeah, I think it's interesting, particularly in like 2019, 2020, it's become really apparent, particularly in constructed that magic is just, it is a mana game, right? Like your spells are almost secondary to having good lands. And so you'll look at some constructed decks now that are playing like 27, 28, sometimes particularly with now these double faced lands, 30 lands in a deck, literally half the deck is mana sources because you, the, the spells are now so powerful. And this translate to, to, translates to limited as well. Um, you know, these decks are really powerful and skipping turns because you're missing lands is really bad. It's a so, big cost. So it, it, in the past, I would always look to shave a land. I would be looking to go, well, how can I play like, 16 lands in this deck and now it's like well maybe i should be playing 18 lands just so that i'd never stumble on mana because if you win the mana game you will win yeah sealed is you is definitely that that is definitely on like missing a land drop in sealed you really feel that really acutely uh more more akin to constructed in that sense Mm -hmm. um where yeah you just want to be able to cast your spells and not being able to cast your spells because you've yeah shaved on a on a land, and we didn't really get into that too much here. We were talk, just talking about color requirements, but you know if you've got four six drops in your deck, then maybe you want to play eighteen lands, so you make sure you hit that. That's that's kind of a, a given, but uh, you know that translates into constructed magic as well, where you just spells are so good, like playing playing a spell every turn is so important, and, and that doesn't matter how you're engaging with magic, you know, if you cast more spells than your opponent, chances are you're going to win. So, you know, you want to be able to cast at least one spell every turn, starting from probably turn two, depending on the format you're playing. But it's a uh, a really important uh, consideration when you're, you're building your mana base to just, you know, color requirements and, and cost where things sit in your curve. So might wrap it up there. Um, so... Hopefully you've learned some uh, some valuable things there, something you can put into practice. Hopefully, you know, people are a little more interested in 
playing limited or less daunted, I should say. Uh, if you are interested in playing limited, it, it can be scary. So uh, a few tips and tricks like this along the way that you can pick up from from listening to, you know, not just us, but other people. There's also, there's some, the Magic Beans community's got some people that are pretty into limited formats of, of all types, Cracker. So if you wanted to join that, mm. the Magic Beans community, where would you find us? We have a Discord and we even have a limited channel where you can just post deck lists and say, hey, what do people think? Send us screenshots. We love looking at decks and giving ideas and things and just generally going, nice job, well done. I hope you crush with it. Um, so, yeah, come check us out. Uh, you'll find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Also, we have Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Magic Beans Cast everywhere. We would also just like to remind you about our sponsor, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Check them out on Facebook. They do amazing auctions. If you wanted to contact any of us directly, uh, you can do so on Twitter. Uh, I am at Joel Hill underscore. Stu, you are? At M Stewie. At Chewy. At Chewy MTG. Thanks very much, everyone. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next time on the Magic Beans cast. We'll hear you next time on the Magic Beans cast. And uh, we'll see you in the Discord when you sign up. Thanks very much, everybody. 